Okay, are we ready here? Yes, we are. And a one, two, a three, a four. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Life Point Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason. I'm here today with Pastor Katrina. I'm so glad to be here again. Glad to Love have it. you. And today we are continuing our Bible reading reflection. We are coming in at week 21. And today we are looking at 1 Chronicles 3 through 22 and John 8 through 10. Um, A lot to go over today, so we'll try to go quickly. Uh, Thank you everybody for tuning in and continuing to listen. And hopefully some of y'all are reading along as well as uh, we go through the Bible this year. So let's go ahead and jump into it. We'll start in 1 Chronicles. We're at uh, 3 here. And so Chronicles has started off. I don't even... Did we get into the first two last time? We talked a little bit about okay, it. Okay, so the it starts off with mostly just genealogies here. Right. And so we got David... All the way back to Adam. And uh-huh. now we're at three, so we've gone through all the way up to David, David's descendants, Solomon's descendants, uh, Judah's descendants, that's in four, five, is Reuben's descendants, um, Gad's descendants. Okay, um, can, can we, I want to hit some highlights on some of these. Can okay, I do that? Okay, sure. Chapter four, the sons of Judah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very interesting in verse 9, of all the sons of Judah, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, but his mother had named him Jabez because it means he makes sorrow. Hmm. How would you like to have that name everywhere you go? Right. Hey, your name, he makes sorrow. But Jabez, listen to this in verse 10, called on the Lord, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast that you that your hand would be with me notice this and keep me from evil that it may not grieve me mm. his name grieved him made him look like he was evil and it said and god granted his request and he became the most more honorable than all his brothers he overcame the name that was put on him wow Think about that. Some people have had words spoken over them. You'll never succeed. You'll never be nothing. And this is what happened to him. But notice, he called on the Lord. He said, enlarge me. I give myself to you. The evil that's come against me, deliver me from this. And God did. That's awesome. And he became the most honorable. So I just wanted to Yeah, that's awesome. These, it's, uh, Chronicles, it seems like it's just, uh, descendants and genealogies but then every once in a while there's a nugget they'll throw in a nugget of a story there with yeah. extra information like like you're talking about well it's in amazing. chapter five too this is interesting reuben's right reuben was the firstborn of jacob through leah and that's rachel's uh, older sister you know she was the one he didn't think he was going to have for a wife mm-hmm. and the father-in-law tricked him But notice Reuben, it says about him, he defiled his father's bed. What did he do? He slept with his father's concubine, Bilhah, who was Rachel's maid. Hmm. Not his mother's maid, Rachel's maid. And therefore, he lost his birthright as the oldest son. And when he did, Joseph then inherited 
the birthright because he was the oldest son of Rachel. Wow. So we don't realize that. And that's why Joseph got the coat of many colors. It was acknowledging, Reuben, you've defiled my bed. Therefore, your brother, who's the oldest of Rachel, will now get the inheritance. So I think that's another little nugget. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So I just wanted to put that in there. Yeah. There in, um, uh, so th- we were in five. Yes. Okay. Uh, it talks about a uh, tribe of half tribe of Manasseh and really interesting. They settle in the land of, uh, Basin and Baal Hermon. Uh, that specific location comes up a lot yeah. throughout the scriptures. But uh, notice about them. These three tribes transgressed against God, and look what's happened. Unfaithful to God. Unfaithful, and yeah. And Paul, the king of Assyria, carried him away. Yeah. But it's, isn't that interesting that, that this happened? And Reuben, he's reaping what he sowed against Joseph. Mm. He's, his lineage is getting carried away just like Joseph did. It's yeah. so interesting. Chapter 6, Levi's family record. Then the Levi's descendants. Um, uh, the Levites were the pre- carried out the priest's office. Yeah, it, and then it gets into a list of professional musicians. Yes. And it lists the people David put in charge of the music in the sanctuary, which is really cool. I think that he only had skilled musicians and singers. Uh, so the Levites were assigned performing music. And Aaron's descendants were in charge of the sacrifices on right. the altar. And it talks about Aaron's descendants as well. Right. Uh, chapter 7, we get into more descendants. Yeah, these are all the sons of Jacob, by the way. This is Iskar's family record. Yep. Notice he his sons were valiant men of might. 22,600 descendants in the days of David. Wow. So that's interesting. And then it's Benjamin, Naphtali, Manasseh, Ephraim. It just lists them one right after another, and Asher's family. Uh, so, uh, and Asher's family, his sons were mighty men of valor, the chief of the princes, and they were apt to war and apt to be in battle. And there were 26,000 of them. Hmm. These are warriors that came from his lineage. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? We just have no idea what are what's happening with our lineage. It's right. just awesome. And so where are we at here? Here, chapter eight, Benjamin's family Benjamin's record. Descendants. Yeah, and then chapter nine. Oh, I think this one's interesting. Jer- Jerusalem's inhabitants after the exile. Yep. They go through the uh, They get carried away. Remember they were carried into Babylon descendants because in of their exile. transgressions. Yes. But notice who comes back. The priests, the children of Judah, the praisers, Benjamin, he's the youngest son, Ephraim and Manasseh return to Jerusalem. And the first thing they do, first thing they do is they begin to set up the house of the Lord. Hmm. The first thing. And they had singers in the house of the Lord. Notice this day and night. Hmm. Can you imagine? They had to turn the depression that was on those people, and how did they do it? They put singers in the tabernacle day and night. So I think that's fascinating. And um, let's see here. Chapter 10. So we get into 10, and it and it really changes modes. Yes. Now, so so now, we're, now we're up to uh, Saul. It starts telling, re- retelling, because 
the rest yeah. of this is stuff we've actually covered. Yes. But it's kind of like this happened before uh, with Moses. One book tells a story, and then they retell it, but right. there's some extra notes in there. Right. And a like slight... Deuteronomy means the second telling. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a uh, same story, but from a slightly different perspective, so yeah. there's some other things in here. So we start off in 10 with Saul's death. They retell the story of the battle with Philistines where Saul and his sons were killed. and Saul said his lineage was gone. All his house died together. Saul is wounded, and he decides to kill himself, falling on his sword. Um, now and, the people flee, and the Philistines come to live in the cities. Uh, and, you know... Uh, well, the, before that, it, it, it tells, tells the story, too, which is interesting. They took Saul's armor and his head. Oh, I know. And they took it to their temple, and they hung his head in the temple of Dagon. And the residents of Jabesh Gilead, Mm -hmm. they hear about this and they're so upset that they go and rescue uh, his body and his armor and his sons and take them and and bury them the right way. You know, Uh, that shows you really amazing. And and David actually uh, 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 honors them uh, beyond beyond the grave. He tells his son. To, to re- remember these guys. Yep, absolutely. So pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, 11, we get into David becoming king. Yeah. It talks about how he became king. He's anointed. He and makes he a captures covenant. the city of Zion. They even call it the city of David. Yeah, Jerusalem becomes the city of David. And notice it lists three of his mighty men. Uh, and one of them killed 300 men at one time. One man killed 300. Yeah. There had to be an anointing on him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and David was talking about he was thirsty, and these three men broke through the enemy lines to bring him fresh water. Yeah. And he said, I can't drink this, and he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and it talks about uh, these th- uh, three, uh, the translation I was reading called them three elite warriors. Uh, one of them killed a lion, one of them killed an Egyptian that was seven and a half feet tall. And you know, uh, those men were like five foot four or five. They weren't big, tall men. And it lists David's mighty warriors. Yeah. Uh, chapter 12, we get into... His personal army. David's personal army. This is These are the ones listed when David was fleeing from Saul. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes in and out of the story. Yeah, well, it lists the people who joined him... When he was in Ziklag, he was hiding from Saul. Saul had banished him, and people came and supported him. Yeah, uh, different tribesmen. And uh, listen to these mighty men. They could use the right or left hand. Hmm. Their faces were like lions. I think they must have had big beards, and they were swift as roe, swift as deer. Uh, but notice all of them. They start coming. First one that comes is Benjamin, his younger brother, yeah. the youngest. Benjamin, and Judah, the praise, Judah. praise. And it's interesting, too, because it it talks about how they made a treaty, and the treaty was empowered by the Spirit, literally. Yes, absolutely. It wasn't... They are one heart. Yeah, one heart. there was something extra going on here uh, that helped uh, these treaties happen, yeah. that this group got together. Um 
I, I think this is interesting. It said these were men of war, famous. Now notice what it said about them. They had understanding of the times to know what Israel was to do. Hmm. And boy, if we ever need that today, we need men, leaders, who have understanding of the times that know what this nation is to do. Yeah. Uh, and they could keep rank. They were of one heart to make David king over Israel. So uh, there was joy in Israel because of the unity. Well, that chapter ends 12 there. There's a long list of warriors and officers, and it right. says Israel celebrated when David became king. Absolutely. Um, 13 gets into uh, when David decides to bring the ark to Jerusalem. Fascinating story. Um, and he says he wants to do it because no one sought God's will during Saul's reign. But it's very interesting, even though he consults with the leaders and the priests and the Levites and everybody agrees to do it, they put it on a new cart, mm. which was never God's plan. It was to go on the shoulders of the priests. Yeah. So God had already told them what to do, but they, in their excitement, they didn't do it the They're right way. They're pulling it along, and the, the ox stumbles, and a, and a person named Uzzah yeah. reaches out to steady it, and he dies. Right. And it says um, God was angry. Yeah. And it says David was afraid and mad. That mm -hmm. this happened. Yeah. And so they leave it. They leave it there at Obed Edom's house. And they don't bring it on in. Uh, but what they do find out is uh, Obed's uh, family and house and everything that belongs to him gets blessed. Yeah. Because it's there. So Isn't that amazing? It, it's really interesting, this powerful arc. I don't really know totally what. It's mysterious to me. Be, some people get it and they get zapped yeah. or the, it curses their people and some people get it and yeah, they you get always blessed. think of indiana jones don't yeah, you yeah <laughs> it, it might melt your face off yeah uh it's kind of radioactive um then chapter 14 david prospers he becomes recognized as king the king of tyre recognizes him uh, that god has confirmed him king and the kingdom becomes very blessed and lifted up and David is a battle a warrior, and he defeats the Philistines. Yep, it retells the story where um, all the Philistines, when David becomes king, they they all come together to take him out. Yeah, they join forces, and so he goes out. He prays first of all. God says, "Go, and you'll win." And it says God used David as a as his instrument to yeah. defeat these people. And then there's another battle. They regroup and come back and fight again, and that's that's a really cool one where uh, God tells them to uh, wait till he hears the sound of marching in the trees. Right. Because that means God is going before him to strike him down. Isn't so, that beautiful? Amazing. That is so beautiful. And, of course, David becomes very famous uh, for the Lord brought f the fear of him upon all the nations. Yeah. And so... Uh, 15? David decides to try again. He makes yeah. <laughs> he makes a tent in Jerusalem for the ark. He gathers all of Aaron's descendants and Levi's descendants, and he says, "We're going to do this right." Yeah. And so he, he learned consults his lesson. them uh, uh, how to do it properly, and so they decide. And um, he says, "No one is to carry the ark but the Levites. For they are the ones chosen by God." And it's amazing. I, I mean, this is one of those uh, 
there's so much you want to see, but I wish I could be here for this. They're making sacrifices while they go along, and he has the musicians playing and singing loudly in front of them as Can they go. Can you imagine tour. that? Oh my gosh! Amazing! Oh, amazing! Amazing! And so it says. And David da- danced and played the harp. Can you imagine a king dancing and playing a harp? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was him and thousands. I mean, thousands of people oh, just, joining in this procession. They could see his heart for God. And they're making God. these sacrifices as they go along. Um, David is wearing a linen robe, it says, and a lemon, lin, <laughs> linen ephod. Uh, so he's kind of has the priestly uh, dress on there. And um, so they all come together. It says all Israel brings the ark. Uh, together shouting, blowing trumpets, sounding cymbals, playing stringed instruments. Um, As the ark enters Jerusalem, David is jumping and celebrating. And uh, One one book says he danced with all his might. Yeah. And in Micah, his, uh, Saul's daughter that Saul had given him, saw David doing this and she despised him in his heart, in her heart. And it says that because of that, she never had children. Yeah, there was never a descendant yep. uh, in David's line from her. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it is. Well, we're chapter sixteen. The ark is now in Jerusalem. Yep, they've got it in the tent he had prepared. They are offering Did it the right way. Offerings and David pronounces a blessing over the people in the Lord's name. He gives out food to everyone. It's a huge celebration. They sing hymns. And play music. Uh, and then it lists a song. Isn't this a fabulous song? He makes song? a song of thanks to the Lord. And it's a really long song. It's really cool. It is uh, beautiful. It's beautiful. It's really a psalm um, uh, for that occasion that he gives right. to the musicians. said, sing to the Lord and remember his covenant is to a thousand generations. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Give the Lord the glory, do his name, bring an offering and come before him. Yeah. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Oh my goodness, it just goes on and on. It's just beautiful, yeah, beautiful. it really is. Uh, and it ends there with David anointing uh, or appointing worship leaders and assigning people for roles in worship and, and uh, putting people in charge of the music for it wasn't the temple, but it was it was the tent that was like the temple for them right. at that point. So that leads us into 17, and David is really wanting to make God's temple. Uh, God promises David through the prophet Nathan that uh, his son, well, first he will build David's dynasty, and... Uh, from his family, and one of his sons will build the house of the Lord. Right. Um, you know, David realizes he's not going to build, but yet he has a prayer of appreciation. Yeah. And he says to the Lord, he's humble. Who am I that you brought me this far? And he worships the Lord. Lord, there's none like you. And then he's thankful. You chose your people, Israel, as your own. And then he goes in agreement, let your word be established yeah. and your name be magnified. So he he didn't get mad at God. Yeah. He just said, that's fine with me. As long as it, you know, my one of my descendants will do it, my sons, that's fine. Yeah. And so. Um, 
chapter 18. Look at his military success. Oh, my goodness. David is, 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 uh, it's, it's, he's basically conquering the whole area yeah, there. He, he defeats the Philistines, the Moabites. Syrians. Uh, it tells a story how he conquers King Hadadazer. <laughs> I know what <laughs> <Sorry>. names. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's taking all the plunder uh, and bringing it back to Jerusalem. Right. And, and the Syrians, he makes them servants. I mean, boy, they're just, he's just really taking over the kingdom. Yeah, and it, and it specifically says later Solomon will use this, uh, what David is getting in this plunder for the temple. Right, uh, and it's, I love this. It said, David executed judgment and justice. And it goes on to say, and his sons were chief about him. He kept his family close. Yeah. This was training for them. It really was. Then chapter 19 here we have more war. Israel defeats the Ammonites and the Syrians. But this is a fascinating story, and I think we did this one before. Mm-hmm. He wanted to show kindness to Hukana, the son of Natash, king of Ammon, right. because he had been kind to him. So he sends messengers. His father had died. Natash had died. And so David sends regards to uh, the son, and they disrespect his messengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and boy, that was not the right thing to do. And when they realize David is angry, instead of apologizing and saying, I didn't know, they hire horsemen from Mesopotamia to out, uh, out of Syria to come against David, mm-hmm. fights him instead of just apologizing. Right. And um, that starts off a whole war. It does. And All they needed to do was apologize. And so David's mad. He He's going to go to war with them. They find out, and they hire a whole army to come help them. So it yeah. turns into a whole huge thing. Yeah. Um, and it ends up, the Syrians become servants of King David. So they, they didn't, and they said they will never help Ammon again. So uh, all they needed here was some respect. Yeah. It meant a lot. And so it goes through a long story of the battles with them and yes. how uh, David eventually defeats them. And it's, <clears throat> there's kind of two rounds of it. Later on in 20, David has Joab uh, lead Israel to finally totally defeat the Ammonites. Right. Uh, and that's where he takes their king's crown and wears it. Yeah. Gives details that he had this big crazy crown he was wearing. Um, then they kill some giants. Yep, it was battles six with fingers the Philistines. and six toes. Talks about the uh, sons of Rapha, Raphaim, descendants of Raphaim, uh, killed Goliath's brother. Um, well, he's still he taking out Goliath's family, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, still doing it. Twenty-one gets into the story where it's oh, yeah. talking about. Um, it's it's a strange one. David counts the people. He counts his warriors. And there you was, know why this God got angry at this? Is because it showed David was depending on the people, not God. Yeah. If God could use Gideon in 300, God can use David in no matter how many men he's got. And it specifically says an adversary incited him to do this. Right, tempted and, him. And it's interesting. I was reading a little bit on this. It could have been that. David was either scared and not trusting the Lord because they had enemies 
hostile to them coming, so he mm-hmm. counted to to want to see what they had instead right. of asking God, or it was or it was um, pride. Yeah, one of the see. two. <laughs> Some somehow um, this action uh, made God angry, yeah. and and it and he knew it. He knew and he Joab, was, Joab tried to tell him yeah. not to do it. He said, why would the Lord require you to do such a thing and cause a trespass? Yeah. Don't do it, David. So it, was, it, it doesn't seem super clear to me, but obviously it was clear to them he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. Right. So he repents, and God says, I'm going to bring judgment. You have three choices, uh, three years of famine or three months being chased by your enemies or three days of plague. David chooses the plague, and seventy thousand men die. And, that, oh. and this is this is a credible story. Oh. He literally sees the angel, right? And the angel's putting out his sword, and um, this is an armed people angel are dying. And uh, David repents, and uh, he asks God to punish him. Instead right. of the people. So what of these people? That's not their fault. It's mine. Yeah, it's Let amazing. me take that punishment. And God calls the angel off. Yeah. And David builds an altar there, makes sacrifices. God accepts it, and he calls, calls it off. Right. Uh, 22, we get into David is, is planning construction for the temple. Yeah. This is pretty amazing. Uh, he is not allowed to build it, but he makes all the preparations for it. He totally makes this possible for Solomon. And Solomon's just 20 years old, and he's going to become king. Yeah. They, he call, Solomon calls himself a child. Yeah. And David tells tells the people that. He, yeah. He's, he's going to need help. Right. And so he David is the one who starts appointing uh, stone cutters, right. uh, people to make the stones. It says David makes extensive preparations for the temple. Um, he charges... Solomon to build the temple to finish it right uh, and then it talks about how he really wanted to build it but God said no because he had spilled too much blood right I think that's really interesting but he his advice to his son is beautiful set your heart and soul to seek the Lord then arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God so he said what was the first thing he was to do set your heart to seek the Lord what counsel? Yeah. Then build. Arise and build. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Um, well, hey, we finished pretty quickly, didn't we? Yeah. We did good. And so that that's where that one ends. It ends with David charging Solomon to seek God wholeheartedly and to build the temple. Yeah. And um and to bring the ark into it. Right. And so that is where we're at in Chronicles. That was twenty two. And so we're gonna jump over to our New Testament reading in John, which is fantastic. Uh, oh my goodness, this is so much red letter. We are and when I say red 10, letter, <laughs> these are some of my favorite passages here. Yeah. So we start off here in eight. Jesus is uh, teaching early in the morning in the temple courts, and the Pharisees bring a woman who has been caught in adultery, and they say the law of Moses says we should stone her. What do you say? And it specifically says they're trying to trap him. Sure. It was really a trick. They really didn't care. Um, 
Jesus was riding in the ground. This, uh, he acted like he didn't even hear him. And they kept Just, messing with him. They wouldn't leave it alone. So he finally stands up and says, whoever among you is without sin, let him throw the stone first. And when they heard this, they were convicted by their conscience. And they left one by one, beginning with the oldest. And Jesus is left alone with the woman. I mean, amazing. It is. Amazing. Wouldn't you scene. like to know what he wrote? I would love to know what he wrote. That's kind of kept a secret from us. But I love what he says to the woman. Where are your accusers? Mm-hmm. And she says, no man. She looks and nobody's there. And Jesus, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. It is amazing. Then Jesus, the light of the world, the next 12 through 30, he writes, starts. I didn't realize until we talk about this, Jason, how much, how plain Jesus really did tell the Jews and the Pharisees, I'm the son of God. Hmm. Look how clear he is. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. And the Pharisees say, your record's not true. And he said, my record is true. It is written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. So here are the two men. I and my father who sent me bear witness of me. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Boy, how clear can you get? Yeah, they, how clear can you get? Say you're the only one talking about yourself. <laughs> no, it's I'm not. Like, no, <laughs> it's me and and the father. Um, and this, it, a lot of this goes. Uh, these chapters is a back and forth with Jesus, right. with the Pharisees, or with the people, which is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I do, I. I think he was clear, but it does seem like sometimes he has a way of talking um, in a in a mysterious way or something yeah. where there's like parables, a, the parables. Like, what are you what is he really saying? You, you know why a parable goes not to the mind, but to the heart. Hmm. And this is what he's doing. What he's saying is not just going to their mind. Is going to the heart. Jesus said, if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. And the Pharisees say, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who are you? He says, I'm even the same that I said to you from the beginning. Yeah. And they still, they were like, what? What? Yeah. This whole uh, sequence is amazing. It is. Because I think you start to see... (sighs) And and for for me, I I really geek out on this because uh, this guy is otherworldly. He's not from this planet. Yeah, <laughs> and he's literally t- trying to tell them that he is telling them. I'm that. not yeah. from here. Yeah, you don't know where I'm from. Yeah, um, and you don't know where and I'm going. Like, who, <laughs> who are you? Who, who is this guy? <laughs> um, and this is interesting. He said, "When you've lifted me up, which is the cross, then you will know I'm He." And that I do nothing of myself, but as my father has taught me. Yeah. And it said many believed. So there were people believing. There were people believing. Yeah, it was a mixed, it seems like a mixed crowd there. Yeah. Some were wanting to kill him, some were unsure, and some, some were believing. Yeah. And so he talks about going away. I'm going to go away and you can't go where I'm going. That's what I mean, that kind of talk. Yeah. They're literally going, is is he going to kill himself? What's yeah. he talking about? Yeah. They're like uh, not getting what he's saying. Right. Um, and in this part, he says, you're from below. 
I'm from above. <laughs> okay. It's just like, I'm an alien from somewhere else. Uh, I think it really was. I think he really threw everybody off yeah. when it really came down to it. Right. Uh, they had to go by faith and they didn't want to. They didn't want to believe the Father had sent the Messiah. Yeah. That's the whole point. So, we're at the truth will set you free there. Right. And the Pharisees say, we are of Abraham's seed, and we've never been in bondage. And then Jesus says, if you commit sin, you're a servant of sin. But if the Son sets you free, you'll be in free indeed. And he said, I know you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. But this is very interesting. The Pharisees go on to say, we, Abraham is our father. And Jesus says, if you were Abraham's children, you would do his works. And then they say to him, notice what's still following Jesus. We were not born of fornication. This is hitting mm. Jesus and Mary. Mm. I bet. I wonder how much Mary suffered from these accusations. Interesting. When you married Joseph, you really were already pregnant. We all know that. Yeah. And Jesus had to carry it. And Mary had to carry that her whole life. Jesus goes on to say, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceed from God. I didn't come by myself. He sent me. You cannot hear my word, for you are a, your father. Notice who he says, the devil. <laughs> you're your father, you're the devil, and you do his lust. He was a murderer and a liar from the beginning. And then the Jews accuse him. You have a devil, not us. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't have a devil. I honor my father and you dishonor me. If the man keeps my sayings, he shall not die. Then the Jews said, now we really know you have a devil. <laughs> Abraham is dead and the prophets. And Jesus says this, and I know this threw him off. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. And the Jews said, you're not even 50 and you've seen Abraham. And this gets him. Before Abraham was, I am. Yeah. And they knew exactly what he was saying then because they took up stones to kill him for blasphemy, saying yeah. that, you know, he's equal with God. And said he hid and went out of the temple. Listen to the discourse. I'm telling you, he was letting them know he was the son of God. He was the Messiah they were looking for. Yeah. And so uh, amazing. Amazing there. Before Abraham was, I am. Um, I love that. I love that. Uh, so it, that that ends chapter 8. Uh, Jesus hid and left. Uh, chapter 9, Jesus and his disciples are walking past a blind man, and they ask him if the man sinned or his parents uh, sinned that made him blind. And Jesus says, no, neither. Uh, but because of his blindness, you're going to see a miracle, God's God's work yep. in him. But this tells you not all sickness is from sin. Now, notice Jesus heals this man, but in a very different way. said he spit on the ground, made clay from the spittle, and anointed his eyes. We could call that the spittle ministry, mm. <laughs> you know. But notice Jesus had different ways of ministering to people. And he told the man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the man did, and he returned seeing. And the people wondered if it was the blind man. Said, are you the blind man? He said, yes, I'm him. 
And, and they said, well, who did this? And he said, Jesus. So notice what the people do. This was on the Sabbath, remember. A lot mm -hmm. of Jesus' healings were on the Sabbath. They take the man to the Pharisees saying, Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. That is so interesting to me. Not rejoicing that he got healed. They take the blind man who now sees to the Pharisees and said, Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. Yeah, and it's interesting. They keep questioning him. They say, uh, we know Jesus is a sinner. And he says, I don't know if he's a sinner. All I know is yeah. I was blind and now I can see. That's right. And um, they even call his parents. And his parents said, he's of age. Ask him. Yeah. They didn't so want to get in trouble. Eventually they kicked this guy out of the synagogue. And that because he won't uh, throw Jesus under the bus, too. Right. And it's it's really interesting. Jesus hears about this and goes and finds him. Yeah. Goes and finds a guy and kind of uh, question, questions him about his faith. And uh, the man puts his faith in Jesus. Yeah. Um, Do you believe I'm the son of God? Yeah. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped Jesus. That's yeah. powerful. Powerful. And then um, that ends him telling the Pharisees he came to give sight to the blind. And um, really interesting that Pharisees say, we're not, are you saying we are blind? Uh, we're not blind. And Jesus says, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But you say you can see, so you are guilty. Whoa. Um, really interesting there. They can't, couldn't plead ignorance, really. No. They with the, the way they were acting. Here's a man uh, that's been healed, and they're saying, oh, you've done wrong on the Sabbath. It's amazing. Yeah. So we get into 10. Jesus is talking about, he's using, uh, referencing sheep. Yeah, he's his the sheep, good shepherd. Knowing his voice and the analogy of him as the shepherd. And a door, he uses a gate analogy that those who come through him will find pasture. Uh, it's where he talks about the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but I come that you would have life and have it fully. Yeah. Um, and if we would realize this, he goes right on after that and says, I'm the good shepherd that gives his life for the sheep. That's why you can have abundant life. Hmm. He said, I'm not like the hireling who sees a wolf and flees. Yeah. So... Uh, the Father loves me because I lay down my life to take it up again. Yeah, and it talks about, he's talking there, no one takes my life, I give it willingly, yes. I have the power to give it and the power to take it back because uh, the Father told me to. Uh, many people are saying he has a demon, but there's also many saying uh, he can't be because he's doing all these good miracles. Right. Obviously, these are good things. He's given sight to the blind. Uh, Jesus is in Jerusalem for the Temple of Festival. Um, so, they're asking him directly yeah. to tell him if he is the Messiah. Tell me plainly, are you the Christ? And he says, I have. I told you, and you didn't believe me. Yeah. Um, but I love this part. So believe the works that I do in my Father's name. Yeah. Whoa. But notice he goes right back to talking about sheep. You don't believe me because you are not of my sheep. Yeah. My sheep hear my voice. Wow. And they get stones to kill him. Again. And he says, which good thing are you going to kill me for? Ooh, I love that. Which? <laughs> which healing? Which, which miracle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And they say because you're claiming to be God. You're blaspheming. And it's really interesting. He quotes, I believe it's in Psalm. Psalm 82, 6. Uh, yeah. He says, well, your own scriptures say you are gods. Yeah. You can't argue with the scriptures. I do what the Father um, does, and me and the Father are one. And again, Jesus has to escape. Yeah. Because they're going to arrest, arrest him. But it ends there saying... Um, Many followed him and put their faith in him. Right. And it's interesting. He went to where John baptized. Yeah. And it said, John didn't do any miracles, but what he spoke about Jesus was true. Yeah. And so many believed on Jesus there at that place where he was baptized. Amazing. Amazing. John has so so many great uh, details in there. These, these back and forth yes, with does. the Pharisees and the people. And it's I, it's really revealing, I think, about um, the person Jesus was. People, yeah. it, it was it was like a great revealing came out. Yes. People either thought he was crazy or had a demon or yeah. he was for real yeah. or they wanted to kill him. Yeah. Um, well, this has been eye-opening to me, and I've been a Christian many years, of how plain Jesus made it. Mm-hmm. I am the son of God. Yeah. And I give you a choice. Yeah. Uh, and and there were many who believed. Yeah. But the traditions of men caused many others not to believe. Yeah. Don't let our traditions keep us from believing. Yeah. So amazing. Um, that ends our portion for this week. Uh, thank you all for listening and tuning in. Keep... Uh, uh, following with us and reading along and um, we will be back at it next week. God bless you. It's been wonderful to be with you. Have an awesome week, everybody. All right. Bye.